If you could take a moment finding a place, a small opportunity to carve out a moment to connect with yourself, breathing in and breathing out, grounding yourself, centering and calibrating the here and now. Taking a moment to exercise confidence, faith, and comfort in your body. Breathing in and breathing out. Noticing what your body is sharing with you at this given moment. Maybe tension in the back, potentially ease, gentleness, a fluidity of sorts. With one more breath in and a gentle releasing breath out, I encourage you to open your eyes, coming back to center, focus in the here and now. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Michael, who explores and shares their unique story coming from two, three, four different sessions he gives us an intimate glimpse of not giving up on the ultimate work that psychedelics are. Michael, it's great to hear your voice. Great to see you. How are you coming in today? I'm doing great. Absolutely great. You and I have been working some time together now, using the time to integrate and find different spiritual purposes, different storylines. How long has it been? We've been working over a year now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're integrating a fresh experience that you recently had. That's correct. It came, yeah, last Friday, the last one I did with my therapist and probably the best one yet. I mean, it, and I know they don't happen. You have to build on them. And this was so successful. You say build on them. Can you elaborate what you mean personally about that? Because this um, sounds like, opened a profound door to you, what came first? What, what was the building that you needed to do? Well, with my situation, the situation having that was a incest situation from when I was 10 years old. And so when I went into this, you know, I haven't been to several therapists, you know, under the mainstream scenario and they were all helpful, but still I was lacking the center, the peace and the self love that I. I needed. And so I went into this having been referred by somebody else and that the first session was pretty brutal. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I did what the therapist said, put everything on the shelf and I went into it and dealt with all of the, you know, the person that caused the pain and the forgiveness and forgiving myself. And then each of the next two after that were very similar. 
And uh, the therapist I remember seeing at the last one, you know, when I came to, he said, you're, you're going to need some water. You've been crying for three hours straight. And, and that's kind of what I did for the first, with the first three, but it was so important to get all that stuff out of the way, forgiving the person, forgiving myself, forgiving, and then getting to the point of self-love, which is I tried to do it the last one, but along with the self-love comes with so many regrets and so much sadness about what was stolen from you all those years. And I'm, I'm 61 years old and I dealt with this for the first time when I was 43. Having had that happen at 10 years old, I went 33 years without talking about it to anybody. So I would say it's a, it's a brutal process, but the reward is off the charts and it takes a lot of, people say it takes courage. I never understood that, but it really does. It's There's a lot of courage and vulnerability that I just want to pause and Michael give you a deep sense of gratitude for the work and pulling up that conversation isn't easy. How are you feeling right now? Gratitude is a great word, you know, very peaceful. Now, you know, granted it was just last Friday, but every day brings a, a new feeling and a new sense of reassurance as to this was, as to how positive this was. What's landing for you right now? What is that positivity, that peace, that reassurance? Explain to me where you're sitting right now and what needs to be chewed on, or maybe even just discussed. I'd love to hear what happened and what's transpiring the days following. It's a good question. So through the process after going under and, and during the, the session, I'm able to come out and take the blindfolds off my eyes and talk to the therapist and, and process the different things and get a different look at it. And, and what comes to my mind is the amount of peace that I had through the whole thing. And, and I remember a therapist saying, you can have this all the time. What would that be like? And questions such as, you know, I have a, a person in my life that loves me and it's like, what would that be like if you just totally trusted it and committed, you know, so I'm being challenged even while I'm still in a state of peace in my mind and trying to form, what does that look like? Cause when you go through what I have, you come with a lot of guilt and shame. That's what runs your show. You come with trust issues and hot, all those are separate onions to peel back. And, you know, the four sessions, this last session, I was really able to peel back of the self-love and what's it feel like to accept it? Yeah. What's coming up right now? Accepting that self-love. I think what comes up is that it's, it's something you wanted forever, but you didn't really know what it felt like. You think it's out there and you know, you're in a bad place and you look at other people because you tend to judge yourself more than anybody else. And, and you, and you don't think that that's really possible or you think that they're all bullshit and really not having that good a time. And uh, then you get to a place where you actually love yourself and, and you're able to put boundaries around. And, and again, I think people in my situation run life with so little boundaries that cause so many problems and to be able to look at yourself and value yourself that you understand it and you're going to protect yourself by those boundaries where before, if you don't love yourself, you don't, you're always a victim. And I think that's probably another thing that came out of last Friday was I'm not a victim. You know, I'm not going to be allowed. I may be a victim in the sense of what happened, but I'm not going to live a life where, you know, that's going to drive me anymore. And it's been a long time. <laughs> that and I rightfully deserving your work and just that story alone and hearing the emotion that you're sharing, continuing that self-love 
tell me about what that looks like for you. What are you acknowledging when you wake up in the morning? It's, it's interesting because the people around me have a different meaning. People around me before, as I was grasping for straws for that love and, and probably in a toxically for validation. And why does this person, why does my children have to validate me when I'm an adult and, and what that effect that had on them to, to be sitting in a place where I don't need validation. I'm a beautiful person and I'm valued and I bring something to the table for everyone. And, and, uh, one of the things that were said last Friday that really hit home is I, I may have done toxic things, but I'm not a toxic person. And I used to say to my children, you know, Hey, look, I'm a nice guy. Why are you judging me this way? So I had to ask and tell that I'm a nice guy. And, but the reality is I was toxic. My, my actions were toxic and I didn't see them at the time because I was in so need of validation and so much guilt and shame over everything. But to wake up and you know, since Friday to, to not have any of that and understand I was toxic and look back at it and not stare at it and, and wallowing the shit, but move forward and, you know, to be the person they want to be around. I appreciate you recognizing yeah, that we've done toxic things and it's not going to take hold of us and honoring it, looking at it, acknowledging it, but not living in that. Moving forward in this session and you were experiencing so much, what is it like now to make sense of it? How are you making sense of it? Journaling, kind of going back to some of those big experiences. It, becomes almost overwhelming in the sense to integrate. Has it been easy to integrate what you experienced on Friday? I would say for the most part, yes. Interesting things for those who have been in my position, you know, before I dealt with it for 30 years, I, 33 years, I played the movie in my head and every act that happened to me, every, every violation. And then, you know, since I started going through therapy, which was a long process, you know, seeing different therapists and really working, reading books. Then I got to where I had done this work, right? And what came out of Friday was interesting. I was sitting on my balcony on Friday and for some reason I was playing everything through my head. The, it started with the day I told my family, my parents and, and my, my brother was there, who, who was the perpetrator and, and everything that happened after that moment, I could see it so vividly, every conversation, because everybody worried about him, not me. It's kind of funny how that happens. You know, I brought it out and everybody worried about how's that affecting, you know, my brother and how's, how is he okay? Is he going to commit suicide? And then I was left alone. You know, I was the guy that brought it out and nobody seemed to care about me. So I played all that in my head. And then I played every instant that happened, all the, all the times I was violated and it was so vivid and clear. And but the interesting part is I didn't go into poor me and wallow in it and I just recognized it and I was able to shut the door on it when it was over and I can talk about it now without crying or, you know, and a lot of forgiveness in it of self and, and, and of my brother for that matter. And there's an, another individual that was involved in it and it, it's, but, but that I would never have gotten to that point without those other integration opportunities. So that's phenomenal in the sense, and thank you. Thank you so much. I hear you. I witness you in that. 
And to be able to do that is what this experience is with psychedelics is it's not ignoring it. And it's a big misnomer. It's not eradicating it. It's not putting it off into outer space. It's actually coming into concert with it. And the way you said it by shutting the door. Yeah. What's coming up right now when you hear yourself in that power? You know, what's you know, what's coming up. I know people are listening to this and if anybody's listening to this, my message is you, you need to seek out this process. There's no need to stay where you are. And it's a shame I was stuck in that for so long, but it, you know, this, I wasn't introduced to this till a year ago. And I, I just think I, I, I get overwhelmed with, I, I would, if it helps one person, the amount of damage that is done in everybody's life around them, their kids, their family, their spouses by what happened when I was little is off the charts. And so to me, if one person can hear this and seek out this process, I'll be happy. Yeah. And you're exonerating yourself as that you're, what happened to you, you were a victim, but you are not being victimized anymore. And do you mind me asking what's the medicine that you, that you further use the therapist? Used MDMA for the first two times, then a combination of MDMA and psilocybin. The third, and then this Friday was MDMA, a little larger dose. Yeah. And you're finding ease, fluidity, and a connection to that, being able to unlock things that you never thought were capable. I don't know if it's unlocked is quite the story process, you know, perfectly I've never processed. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? What, what are you processing right now? Well, processing whether this person that's in my life that loves me and processing, well, what does that look like by leaning in and, 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 and really living that and which I did this past weekend, which made it amazing. And of course, then it comes to your mind, will that continue, you know, and you want it to continue so bad and I believe it will. And I got to believe everybody, anybody that's gone through what I've gone through commitment is an issue for me. And, and because commitment is a trust issue, right? Are you going to trust you? You're going to commit, but the other person's going to do whatever to you. And so just pr in processing, you know, I think I made the comment that unfortunately at a young age, I learned love in a wrong way. I really fucked it. Right? Sorry, I'm really fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A real fucked up way. <clears throat> and then, and then how do you get out of that? How do you learn it differently? And this is really provided a lot of clarity. I think is the, the clarity is off the charts. And you're witnessing this clarity manifest within asking for what you need and showing up in a vulnerable way with the person that's close to you in your life right now. hundred percent. Do you 100%. find yourself basking in it, living in it, acknowledging the difference? For sure. We've talked about it too, you know, we've talked about it too. So start there again. You talked about what we, we, I've shared the process. I shared the process with my significant other, who's a recent relationship in the last, you know, 90 days and helped to be accepted for who I am. And which tells you, you know, the right person too, that tells you a lot. And her comment about what this weekend was like, was unbelievable. Well, this is important for me. So. Well, and this is super important that I'm hearing you're actually coming and I hear the emotional release too. Yeah. What's the, I'm going to ask, what's the body tell you when you 
are received by your intimate partner with so much affection and, and understanding? I think the term came up how easy things are, you know, everything's easy. And that was kind of, was made by the therapist. It's, what would it be like if it, if it was this easy all the time? Because it can be. And accepting the fact that it's this easy, right? And trusting it rather than look around the corner. Okay, what's wrong with this? And what what's their agenda? The other person's agenda. It can't be because they like me. So, well, and Michael, want... you're acknowledging your trauma, and I admire that you still have that as a tool, right? And I don't want to negate that. Don't want to tell you you can't continue to look over your shoulders because I do believe you deserve safety. Yet in this circumstance with your intimate partner, what are you doing as a trust experiment and exploration with her that you go, oh, there it is. I probably need to tell her how I'm feeling. Our communication has just been really good. I'm not afraid to tell me, tell her I'm uneasy about something or I need a little space without being afraid that person's going to run away because I think she's feeling the commitment more than ever. So it puts her in a, a better spot. And I think of my past relationships because of my distrust and my lack of self-worth. I think I was that projected on the other person. So they guess what? They, they mirrored it and it made it really hard to have any type of meaningful relationship, but I never realized that. So. And today being in this deep, deep experience of love, self-trust, self-acceptance, self-validation, what's the easiest way you're exercising it? What's the newness that you're witnessing in your day-to-day -day life? There's so much peace in it that I don't have this anxiety behind it. And I'm not looking to get any validation out of somebody else. I'm not looking for anything out of another relationship to make me feel a certain way. I, I'm showing up with that. I'm showing up way different in relationships because of it. And moving forward with this work, what are you doing to get out of your comfort zone or stay in your comfort zone when it feels so easy, but yet so new? What are you acknowledging in that? Well, I, I, I tend to go back to Friday a lot and I tend to, to realize that it, it didn't just happen. It's that I've worked on this to get to this point. So I'm giving myself more credit for my feelings. I'm not giving somebody else the power that somebody else gave me this gift, you know? That, can you please expound? What is it like? to give yourself credit for all the work and energy you've put into your life. Well, it gives me my self-worth, you know, that I didn't have. And uh, it gives me the ability to accept love, which I didn't have the ability to do before. Yeah. The ability to see it, provide it and receive it. And judge it as real or not real rather than want it so bad. You'll overlook how real it really is or accept less than you should accept, which I think people in my situation accept a lot less than, than other people do. And what's you know, the I, saying that you've provided me with? Is it fuck the fuck no? Is that what I've heard you say? Fuck to the fuck no. 
<laughs> right. Fuck to the fuck. Know that you are not going to accept less and you are not going to meander into someone else's lack of boundaries and disrespect. When I think what happens, I look at past relationships and the ability for them to manipulate and gaslight you when you carry so much shame on your own, it, it's hard to weed out what's true. So you get stuck in it. And looking back, it's pretty clear. And it's no wonder people around me kept telling me that's a fucked up relationship. What are you doing? And I used to say, there's a, most healthy people would have told that person goodbye a long time ago, but I wasn't healthy, obviously. And so people around me never understood why wouldn't I leave? They would have never came up with, oh, he's not healthy. But they'd also come up with something's really wrong with me, not her. Sure. And that leads me to say that some things are sacred and some things are uncomfortable and hard to provide as secrets, such as sexual abuse, sexual trauma. So in your defense, it's hard to meander and share our whole story with everybody and then them get a sense of, oh, that's why I invite myself into unhealthy relationships or that's why I'm in. And so listening to you, you've acknowledged I'm playing my role, my part in this being comfortable in my uncomfort, but you're also hearing you say, I'm leaning into something new. I'm believing in that trust. Absolutely. And I, and I think for anybody that was in my situation or those who are in my situation, what my situation was, is it may come off as a toxic person, but you're, you're using the only tools, you know, that you've learned over the years and, and. And once you get healthy, you know, I think the possibility of moving back into those bad situations, very, very slim. Tell me about those new tools you're picking up, avoiding what tools you don't need. What are the new tools that you're acknowledging within yourself? Well, I think when you finally have self-worth and self-love, you're able to look at other people differently and, and. And that's where I think grace comes in. You can have grace over the fact that what's going on in their head is more about their issues than it's about any issue you brought to the table. But in, in the past, I would take their issue and I would become the reason that there's an issue. And I would take it all on in the relationship. And so therefore I can never fix the relationships because I think the other person needs to do this, this, and this. Or if I just do something different in the relationship, They'll see me for who I am, but I couldn't possibly do that because I didn't have love for myself to show them who I really was. And you get in those bad, and they come with their own toxic issues, you know? So their ability to gaslight you and things like that are, are very easy for them. And it's easy to get stuck in that type of a, of a situation where I don't think that'll ever happen to me again. Yeah. It's as if the gasket has been turned off and you like see it from a million miles away the gaslighting the manipulation the aggression the avoidance the lack of intimacy so providing yourself deeper into grace and self-love and compassion what's on the horizon for you when do you know I, I deeply appreciate that will never happen again to you what's your cadence let me put it this way what is your uh -huh. rhythm for knowing when you need to go into these experiences again since Friday, being such a wonderful day. Well, I'm just, I want to keep a, a real strong eye on where I'm sitting with myself and my partner and those around me. 
And I, I also see the importance of putting this on the calendar in the future. You never want to do it. I don't think there's ever going to be a too late to do it again, but I don't want to have to get to where I'm in a situation where I, ha I have a need to pick something. I'd rather look at it as a need for maintenance. I love that word maintenance. Yeah. Providing this idea to lean into it, not necessarily when like the world is coming to an end or needing to solve for a monumental problem or recreate historical trauma. It's this maintenance phase that means your intuition is then coming up, right? Your gut, right. your body. Right. And I also look at, you know, just physically I'm feeling better in so many ways. So if you really start looking at, not to talk about cost of it, I mean, you can look at this as being expensive, but you can look at it as pretty expensive to be in freaking doctor offices all the time and, and, and to burn countless hours of fucking yourself in your head over things. So you start putting up, what's the cost and the price of that? <laughs> so. I am profoundly grateful for that because at the end of the day, they want to bring you in and bring you in and keep you tethered. Whereas once you take the power, what's it like to take that power of saying, this is when I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. That consent. Well, it's, it's fairly new to me. So it's hard to express. I mean, it's, it's a new situation for me. And I came with the word clarity and peace. And, and it didn't happen in one session. It, didn't, it doesn't mean that I did one session, got nothing out of it. I mean, I, I, I couldn't have got to the fourth session without any of those other ones. I had to move some boulders out of the way. And each one of those sessions, I, my integration process allowed me to determine what I needed to hang on to and what I did. You're a beautiful spirit. What are the ways you're going to walk with gentleness today? I smile a lot. <laughs>